We are set to go. We hope you are as well. Strap in. You're going to learn a lot over the next hour. In fact, you will be a contributing member of the show, as we implore you to do every Sunday. How do you do that? You call that number toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. We can cure all of your employment law woes, or at least give you the right information, set you in the right direction. John Scholes here, along with Lior Sanfiru, of course, answering all the questions, doing all the heavy lifting, as Lior does every week, reaching out simple just as you heard 1-855-821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca there's also a nice website that was built some time ago it is bespoke tailoring as far as knowledge is concerned pocketemploymentlawyer.ca why is it so good because even before you pick up a phone that website will answer so many of your employment law questions it'll set you straight as to things you probably don't know about and you definitely should and rolled into that is the severance calculator severance pay calculator will be found there as well two million plus canadians have used it and had their eyes opened as i like to say as to what their severance should be so don't accept that offer from your uh, your employer thinking oh they know best they're the employer they should know no what they know is their bottom line and there's a good chance they might be trying to save a few shekels but do not let that happen or simply call this radio show right now we'd love to get you on air be the third voice and uh, ask your questions and have a discussion with us how do you do it toll free obviously 1-877-399-9890 over the course of the next hour lines are open ready to go and we'll get into no your employer is not allowed to that is our topic uh, for today but Lior first you always got a couple things to discuss before we get uh, started get warmed up as you say so what do you got for me pal yeah, definitely have things to discuss, Johnny, and great to be here as always on a Sunday afternoon to talk about employment oh, yeah. law, to get you ready for the week ahead. If you're going back to work this week, Monday, and you want to have a better week maybe because last week your boss said something to you or give you an ultimatum or maybe they announced a new policy and you want to know, is it legal? Can they do that? What to do about it? Or maybe you're concerned that this week you're going to get that dreaded meeting where you're going to be let go or, or told that your job no longer exists. Well, if that happens, what are you owed? How can you respond? Well, whatever the issue, if it touches on your job, your work, then this is the show. This is the time to call us with those questions. I'm here. I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to tell you what you need to know and send you off with a lot more knowledge than you had before you called. But of course, despite the fact that I'm here every Sunday, uh, most of my time is actually not spent on radio. Most of my time is spent resolving workplace problems. So if you want to put me and my team to work, uh, easy to do that. You can reach out, uh, out to us off air. We'll give you that phone number and that email address throughout the show. So stay tuned for that. But let's get going. Let me tell you about a couple of situations that uh, came across my desk. Well, the first one touches on this issue of training your replacement and, you know, the legality of that. So I got a, a call from a lady who a few months ago, uh, well, her employer added a new person to her department and told her that, well, you need to start training this new person. Uh, so she did. Uh, she, she showed this new person everything they needed to know, uh, spent a lot of time with this person. Well, wouldn't you know it, John, a few days ago, Lady gets called into a meeting and told, uh, sorry, we're going to have to let you go. This is just not enough work. Now, interesting here is that the new person is still on. The new person didn't lose their job. So this lady that's calling me obviously is very upset because she was essentially now finding out that she was training her replacement. The replacement is still there. They, they tell her that it's lack of work, which is obviously not true because the replacement is there. So she wanted to know the legality of this whole situation. So here's the thing, and, and, you know, sometimes the law doesn't really address things that are 
wrong in, in terms of ethics or business. And what I mean by that is that from an ethical standpoint, from a moral standpoint, from a business standpoint, it's obviously not right what this employer did. They shouldn't have put this lady to work for months to train a replacement just to let her go. But from a legal standpoint, yeah, they could do that. Because from a legal standpoint, ultimately, if as long as the employer pays her severance, they can let her go pretty much for any reason. So not a nice thing to do, not the right thing to do, but it is a legal thing to do. It comes right. down to severance. You can be told essentially to train your replacement. You could lose your job even if the replacement is there, but you have to get paid severance. Now, John, despite what I just said, this lady was wrongfully dismissed. Why? Mm -hmm. She's been there for 10 years. She was offered six months severance. In fact, she's owed, I assessed her as being owed 12 months severance. So double what she was offered. That's a wrongful dismissal. Wrongful dismissal, of course, is when you're let go and you're not paid your proper severance. So she thought she was wrongfully dismissed because of this whole replacement, the training, the replacement issue. Ultimately, that's not why she was wrongfully dismissed. She was wrongfully dismissed because of the severance. But there's an important reminder for everyone there. You can be let go, but that severance is what matters. Absolutely. Again, reach out anytime during this conversation. one 9898 Toll free. Bring it on. We're live and ready to go right now for your calls. We have lots of lines open, so come on in. The water's warm. We got uh, another matter you want to take care of first, pal. What's that? So this one is actually not a matter that came across my desk, but something that got some news in the media this week that, that made me really shake my head and something that we've talked about before. So you may have heard the story that uh, Elon Musk had sent a, oh. a memo, I guess, to many Twitter employees, at least that's what's been reported in the media, saying, well, we expect you to sign up for longer hours and work extra uh, hard. And if you're not able to do that, then we're, uh, you can go ahead and resign. And, you know, I read that and I had to read it twice to make sure that I'm reading it correctly, because the idea for an employer to say, well, unless you work as hard as I want you to, you, you resign is ridiculous. We talked in the past about the idea of a fake resignation. Your employer cannot tell you to resign. Your employer cannot decide if you've resigned. You're the only one that can decide that. There's no such thing as unless you do this, you've resigned. Now, Mr. Musk and any employer can say, Unless I'm happy with your work, I'm going to let you go. They can do that, right? They have to pay severance, but they can do that. But what an employer cannot do is say, unless I'm happy with how you work, you've resigned. That's ridiculous. Now, I'm not sure I know much about the U.S. laws, but I, I would bet anything that in the U.S. it's the same. You can't decide for an employee when the employee resigns. Only the employee can decide that. So hopefully, uh, Mr. Musk here uh, takes a bit of a lesson in employment law. And for all these employees out there, whether you work for Twitter or anywhere else, the employee, you, are the only one that can decide if you've resigned. No one can make that decision for you. That's a, an amazing distinction you just made. And there are, of course, with not only Twitter, but other tech sites, there's always a Canadian, well, usually a Canadian contingent. And quite often they're working on Canadian soil for that American company. These laws do not apply. You are still under the Canadian banner. A lot of American companies don't realize that as well, right? Oh, absolutely. What matters is the province in which you work. So if you're working in Alberta or in BC, 
That doesn't matter if the company is headquartered in the U.S. or in any other location. Those laws are irrelevant. What's relevant is the laws associated or the laws in the province where you work. And, you know, speaking about Twitter, uh, Twitter has let go already of a bunch of employees in uh, in uh, Canada. I've been speaking with a bunch of them already, and it's the laws of where you physically are located that matters, not the law of where the company is based out of. As we get into our topic here, just before we break, we'll slide into it. And again, your phone calls are always welcome over the course of this hour. Toll free one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. You have employment matters. You got something that's uh, you're questioning. Don't sit back and let it fester. Bring it on air and talk to us about it. You can get an answer, and it doesn't take very long. No, your employer is not allowed to. Now, the reason for this is this is quite often how the phone call starts when you get calls at the office, right? Yeah, usually when someone calls me or emails me, uh, you know, many times. The question starts with, hey, Lior, is my employer allowed to dot, dot, dot? And those are legitimate questions. Everyone wants to understand, is what the employer doing legal? Can they do that? And so what we've done here is we've taken some of the most common questions that I've been getting over the past, let's say, couple of years, and we put them in the list. So we talked about, we'll talk about things that your employer is not allowed to do. So those things, if you're faced with them, if you're seeing them in the workplace, they're not legal. So we'll talk about why they're not legal and what you can do if you're faced with those situations. And let's get into the first one just before we slide into the break. No, your employer is not allowed to avoid paying you severance by putting you on an unpaid leave. Nice try, though. Nice try. doesn't work. And it's certainly <laughs> been something that we've seen a lot over the past, let's say, year, year and a half, often in the context of vaccinations, employees being put on mm-hmm. the leave. So whether it's because of vaccinations or not, your employer cannot put you off work in an, uh, on an unpaid basis. They don't have the right to do that regardless of the reason. In most cases, if your employer does that, the law considers that to be a termination. And it's an illegal termination because you're owed severance in that situation. Yeah. So no, putting you on a leave unpaid doesn't allow the company to avoid severance laws. Think how crazy that would be for an employer to say, no, no, I didn't let you go. I just put you off work unpaid for God knows how long. That <laughs> doesn't work. So if your employer does that to you, you can choose, and I think you should choose, to treat that as a termination. Can't do that, whether it's because of your vaccination status or for any other reason. Your employer cannot do that. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to it. Indeed, good to have you along for the hour. John Scholes here. And as always, Lior Samfir is the one doing all the heavy lifting. He's a lawyer, right? He's a smart guy in the show. So we got to have him here for sure. Uh, toll free. Anytime you want to call in, you could do so. would love to get you on air asking your questions. That's one 9898 In between that, we're getting to our know your employer is not allowed to. And those talking points, more of them coming up. I want to get to uh, get to a call Get Mark on the line here. Mark, thank you so much for uh, for standing by for a moment, sir. How are you today? Oh, doing well. Thank you for answering my call. Uh, you want, what's up? My question's a little bit detailed, but uh, it involves various facets, and that's where I'm trying to figure out where what specialty do I need? Because I have an employer that won't back me up on a T2200. Maybe Lior knows something about the T2200, which is a Canadian government tax form that I have to fill out, which I was reassessed at. It's employment expenses. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. And so the explo- employment expenses got rejected. Sent for a refile. Company wouldn't back me up on it. And mm-hmm. so do I need a tax lawyer or do I need an employment lawyer? Well, you actually don't need a lawyer. I think this is something that you can report to CRA that they're not gonna, they're not providing you a, a T2200. I don't know that, the, that a lawyer could do anything other than go to CRA for you and, and do that. So it, it's really more of a not meeting their obligation to the CRA. So in that respect, I think that's the place you go to. I think I didn't. Uh, make it clear enough. The employer gave me the T2200 with the conditions of employment, but the CRA has denied my conditions of employment. I worked. Oh, they denied the deductions. You were trying to get deductions and deny those deductions, right? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, you, you would have to consult either with an accountant or perhaps a tax lawyer uh i would i would start with a with a really good accountant and uh, and see what you can get done there could you recommend me an accountant because they're apparently very hard to find absolutely if you send me an email off air i'll email you back with the contact information for a very good accountant and a very good tax lawyer as well very good thank you very much Thanks, Mark. I'm going to give you that information right now. That would be help at employmentlawyer.ca as we let Mark go. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and uh, the phone number, 1-855-821-5900. You can make like Mark and give us a call. we got lots of time to take your calls here live on air. Lots of lines open, so you're always, always invited to be part of the show. Toll free, 1-877-399-9898. And, Leo, we're getting back into this. Point number two, no, your employer is not allowed to. Uh, change your pay. Your job description, hours of work, location, list goes on and on, right? Yeah, and it's very easy to think. Certainly employers often uh, think that, well, I'm the boss. I'm the owner of the company. Uh, I can I, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want to your job, to your pay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, no, that's not the case at all. An employer cannot make significant changes to the terms of your employment. Once you have terms of employment, whether it's because you've signed an employment agreement or ter- terms that simply are created over time, your employer can't just change those. So your employer can't decide to you have uh, different hours. Now, listen, maybe your employer has uh, some discretion. Instead of 9 to 5, they can make you work 9.30 to 5.30, but they can't make you work 12 to 8. That would be considered a big change. By the same token, your employer can't demote you. They can't double your workload. Certainly can't reduce your pay in any significant way. If your employer does any of those things, that gives you the option to treat that as a termination. To say by changing those terms, you've effectively terminated me. We obviously refer to that as a constructive dismissal. Constructive dismissal, that's exactly what it is. So no, the fact that you work for a company, the fact that it's their company and they're employing you, does not, absolutely not give them the right to do whatever they want. That's why we have employment laws. If we didn't have employment laws, that would be very different. So if your employer makes significant changes, you remember that choice. You can choose to accept it. Of course you can. Or you can choose to treat that as a termination. Now, of course, as I said, not every single change your employer does is a constructive dismissal. So to know what it is, 
to understand whether what your employer did is legal or not. Does it cross the line into a constructive dismissal? Call me. I'll tell you exactly what it is. But remember, you can't just be told whatever your employer can't just tell you to do whatever they want. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, and as always, you always remind people, you know, you think, even when you listen to the show for years and years, uh, you know, and you go, okay, I can handle this, I'll, I'll just approach my boss, because Lior said, no, no, always reach out to Lior first, before you make that move, and one 821 5900 is uh, is how you do that, guys, so make sure you reach out, we we're talking about things your employer can't do, no, no, your employer can't do, and this one again, Maybe three years ago, this would have been number five on the list, maybe number six, but now it's like top three, and that is put you on a temporary layoff. Wow. Yes, listen, it's uh, it's always been illegal, but over the past couple of years during the pandemic, it's really has come to the forefront as, as a major, major issue, especially in the first you know year or so of the pandemic. Pretty much everyone at some point was put on a temporary layoff. Uh, and listen, I'm not blaming employers for it. I'm not saying that they were bad to do that. There was a pandemic. It was a a very unusual situation. But it doesn't change the fact from a legal standpoint. No, an employer doesn't have a right to do it. An employer does not have a right to unilaterally decide you're going on a temporary layoff. This is very related to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, that your employer can't just put you on an unpaid leave. Well, it's very very similar. You can't just be told you're going to go off on a temporary layoff for God knows how long can't do that. The law considers that to be a termination of your employment. Now, this is where employers jump up, jump up and say, hey, well, wait a second, Lior. I don't think your hearing is very good because we're not letting someone go. We're saying it's a temporary layoff. Temporary. We're going to put them off work and our intention is to call them back in, I don't know, a couple of months. So where do you get termination from that? Well, it doesn't matter, John, what the intentions are. It doesn't matter if the employer is actually planning legitimately to call the person back. Even if they are, the law says you can't do that. By putting someone on a temporary layoff, the employee can choose to look at that as a termination and get their severance. Just like an employer can't reduce your pay by 75%, well, they also can't reduce your pay by 100%, which is exactly what a temporary layoff is. So no, your employer, we're talking about things your employer can't do, they can't put you on a temporary layoff in most cases. But you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get that small percentage, Lior, even hearing this show today going, Yeah, I know Lior, but you know what? I just I get it moving forward, but this one time I like my boss, you know, we go out for wobbly pops once in a while, he's a good guy, so I think I'll just suck it up and do it for him this time. That could be a bad mistake, right? Wobbly pops. Okay. That's right. Uh, no, it, it, it is a big mistake. And here's why. By going on that temporary layoff the first time, by accepting it, by letting it happen, you've given the company the right to do it again and again. And when they do it do that, the second, third, fourth time, you won't be able to do anything about it because you let it happen that first time. So no, it's not a good idea or a good option to let it happen that first time or you open the door to all kinds of trouble. So keep that in mind. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Yeah, we're back. Good you're here. Thanks for hanging on. It's time for you to call in and join us. Toll-free number 1-877-399-9898. You have questions about your employment, severance being laid off, temporary layoff, vaccine, 
going back to work after medical leave, anything like that for yourself or family member, call in. We're live. We're ready to go. Again, one 399 9898 And outside the hour of the show, Lior and his team always available. Got a fantastic team ready to uh, to help you out. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and then one 821 5900 As we continue the, uh, the topic for the show today, know your employer is not allowed to. And this is the one that employers mess up because they just don't know, put you on probation after you already passed the probationary period. Yes, and this is something I see often and employees get very, very upset and anxious about it. And I think for good reason, but here's why you don't need to worry about it. So it's not so much that it's illegal to extend your probation. It's just that it's meaningless. It doesn't actually do anything. It doesn't have any legal effect. Now, if the purpose of a probationary period is to to allow the company to let you go at any time without any payment well a period like that can only last three months the first three months of employment because after that by law if your employer lets you go they do have to pay you so for all intents and purposes probation can only last the first three months of employment now remember probation is not automatic if you start a new job brand new job, that doesn't mean you're on probation, not at all. You're only on probation if you sign an employment agreement that says in the first three months, you're on probation. If you sign something like that, that's when you're on probation. But again, once you pass that three months, you have certain legal rights and those rights can't be extinguished by the employer saying we're extending that probation. So if an employer does that, frankly, it's a complete and total waste of time. It's just an utter waste of time. It doesn't do anything. It's not meaningless. It doesn't allow the employer to do things that it couldn't otherwise do. It doesn't give the employer different rights or new rights. So I wouldn't worry about it. If you're an employee and your employer says we're extending your probation, that may not be a nice thing to hear. I get that. But it doesn't actually take away rights that you would otherwise have. Do your thing. Do your job. If for whatever reason you lose your job, I'll make sure you get the compensation that you're legally owed. Of course I will. Because, no, that probation really can't last more than three months, John. It doesn't matter if the workplace says, ah, you know, we're going to stretch it till 9 or 10 or 11, whatever. They've tried that before, as you were mentioning, right? Does not work. By, by the, not only does not, that doesn't work, of course, I've seen situations where an employee is already working, has been working for two or three years. Company says, we're not happy with you, so we're putting you on probation. Well, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't change anything. It's, that's completely meaningless to do that. You're still an employee and your employer always has the right to let you go with severance. That doesn't change whether they say you're on probation or not. So for an employer that does that, that does that, they clearly don't understand how the law works. So no, it really is not something your employer is able to do. The number toll-free, 1-877-399-9898 to call through the show and ask your questions. The topic for today as we continue on, know your employer is not allowed to refuse to pay you overtime if you actually work the extra hours. Break this one down because there's a few a few facets of this, right? Yeah, so when it comes to overtime, your employer has to pay that overtime and your employer can't avoid paying the overtime because they didn't ask you to or because they didn't know you were working overtime. If you work overtime, and depending on where, where you work, by province in Alberta or BC, there's different thresholds uh, for overtime. But if you work overtime, then you have to get paid that overtime. And, and it's as simple as that. If you did the job and needed to be done, your employer has to pay it. And your employer is saying, oh, wait a second. I didn't ask you to. I didn't want you to. 
uh, that doesn't excuse it. That does not allow your employer to avoid paying it. Beyond that, okay, I'll go a step further and say, even if your employer said to you, employee, I don't want you, you're not allowed to work overtime, okay? Do not work it. But you had to get the job done, so you did work it. Even in that situation, your employer has to pay it. Your employer doesn't avoid, can't avoid paying it by saying, we didn't want you to, we told you specifically not to. Now, if you're working overtime when you shouldn't have, that may become a disciplinary issue, but it doesn't change the fact your employer still has to pay it. And one thing I want to clarify, if even if you're on a salary, you get paid overtime. Even if you're a, a full-time employee, you get paid overtime. Time and a half is for all your overtime hours. Now, there's certain positions that are exempt. Managers, probably the most common situation where mm-hmm. you're an exempt employee. You don't get overtime. Right. Uh, there's other positions, certain professionals like doctors, lawyers, accountants. But most other people, if you work overtime, regardless of what your employer intended, they have to pay it. Let's get to a uh, call in between our topic for the day. I want to slide over and get uh, Brett on the line. Hey, Brett, thank you so much for standing by. How are you today? Good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, so we've recently been acquired by uh, another company. And uh, when we first got hired, we... Uh, signed an employment agreement uh, saying that we would switch shifts uh, as the company needed. That was with the previous company uh, approximately 10 years ago. Uh, This new company that acquired us, uh, our work has slowed down. Uh, We now work a weekend shift. And uh, I I fear, I see the, uh, I see coming that our shift is going to get canceled. Um, So if our shift get canceled and they make us work a five day work week instead of a three day work week, um, now, would they be able to do that? Would uh, our previous agreement with the other company still stand? Or since it's a new company um, and we haven't signed any agreements, you know, how would that work? So if you never signed uh, an agreement, simply they acquired you and they took you on and continued working, that agreement that you signed with the previous company is no longer there. It's no longer in force and effect. So you're right now working under an oral agreement and as per this oral agreement, your shift is what it currently is, the shift that you've been working since this transaction happened. So if your employer changes that, that could result in a constructive dismissal. Now, what I want to tell you, though, Brett, is if your employer says, okay, we're changing your shifts, that doesn't mean that you can stop them. You can prevent them from doing that. All that would mean is right. you, could, you would have a choice to make. Either you right. accept it and you work the shifts that they want you to work, or you treat that change as a termination of employment and say, no, by doing that, you've terminated my employment. Now you have to pay me my severance. So those are the choices. But yeah, absolutely, Brett, that could result in a constructive dismissal. Well, great. That's what I wanted to know because uh, we have a shift full of guys here and a lot of us have other jobs and other commitments during the week. And sure. we, you know, switching from a three-day work week to a five-day work week is a big change. Now, our average yeah, employee sure. here is roughly about, you know, 10 to 12 years. Like myself, I'm a supervisor and I'm a 12 years employee um, and I'm in my 50s. Uh, what kind of severance would I be looking at if I chose that to be constructive dismissal? Certainly north of a year, probably 14 months or so is what you would be owed in that situation. And, uh, you know, it could even be slightly more depending on the exact industry that you're in. So, yeah, that's what you're okay. looking at. It's a significant amount. Uh, now, right. good advice though for you and your, your colleagues Once that change is implemented, if in fact it is, before you say, that's it, I'm gone, before you hand in your resignation, I want you and your colleagues to call me. Uh, 
I want us to talk Definitely. this through, make sure that there's nothing that we're missing. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. What you're what you're describing to me, going from three to five, yeah, that's going to be a constructive dismissal for sure. Because I guarantee you, they will only be give us the uh, uh, government required one week per year service severance. I, I I've been with no, you they're actually not even going to do that. They're going to give you nothing. They're going to say you've quit. We're going to have to oh, get boy, you your correct. severance. Yeah, correct. Uh, but no, no, they're going to say you've quit. Here's your record of employment saying you quit. So we're going to need to get you your full severance, including a new record of employment that would allow you to qualify for EI. But that's why I want you and your colleagues to call me as soon as that change happens. Definitely. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, we will definitely uh, give you a show. Hopefully this doesn't happen. But if it does, it's uh, good to know this information. You got it. Brett, appreciate Thanks that, pal. And that, uh, you bet, man. And here's that number if you, if, if it does, uh, you know, end up happening. One eight seven seven. Uh, pardon me. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That might not be the only change that Brett is faced with. I'm sensing a whole new employment agreement coming down the pike, too. It would be quite possible. And, you know, yeah. what happened to him actually is a good thing in that he started working with the buyer. And the buyer didn't make him sign a new employment agreement. That is yep. very, very good. Now he has the full protection of the law. So you don't want that employment agreement. I'd be very concerned if he signed a 10-page employment agreement with that buyer because I can guarantee you that agreement would not be favorable uh, for Brett. But you're right. Could his employer say, wait a second, I forgot to have Brett and his colleagues sign that agreement. Let's have him sign one now. Very bad news if that ever happens to you. There's not ever a good reason for an employer to do that, except that it's better for the employer. So watch out for that. Welcome back. Still a few minutes to go, which means you still have a few minutes to call in and ask your questions. That is the number, toll free, 1-877-399-9898. Beyond the show, you can always reach out online as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Great website. It's got so much information about employment law and your rights. Even before the phone call, you will learn a ton on that website, free and anonymous, and even take the severance pay calculator for a spin like Brett would have there and find out exactly how much severance you would be owed. Generally, it's shock and awe when you realize how much severance you owed, as opposed to what the former employee is going to offer you. So make sure you run it through that uh, that filter of the severance calculator first before you make any move. And then if you want to reach out to Lior after that, you uh, you can as well. Talking about uh, times when no, your employer is not allowed to, and we're going to keep mo- moving on these. Make up a, bona- a bogus, pardon, not bonus, a bogus negative performance review. That's not very nice. No, it's not very nice at all. And it's not something that's appropriate uh, at all either. Your employer, by definition, if they're going to give you a performance review, it has to be done in good faith, it has to be legitimate, and it has to be factual to the best of the employer's ability. And it can't be done or given to you for ulterior motives. It's supposed to be given to you to give you proper feedback as to your performance and perhaps to help you improve where you need to improve. So an employer that doesn't do that, they, they give you what I call a bogus one in that it's not factual, it's not helpful, uh, it, it's not correct, and it's done to try to get you to leave and, and to push you out. Well, they're doing something wrong. It's not appropriate. So what do you do in that situation? Well, I want you not to accept it. I don't want you to be silent about it. Uh, I, By the way, when I say don't accept it, I don't mean don't take a copy. That's not what I mean. I mean... Don't just accept the truth of the contents. And what I want you instead to do is I want you to tell your employer in writing that you don't agree with it and why you don't agree with it. Here's, by the way, don't call that a bogus uh, performance review. I wouldn't use that word necessarily, but I would say here's why it's not accurate. 
Here's why it's not factual. Here's what you didn't take into consideration. And here's what you need to know. Put that in writing. Make sure that they have that. By doing that, you're going to make it much more difficult for the company to rely on that bogus performance uh, review in uh, trying to let you go for cause. Now, in an extreme situation where the performance review clearly is just messed up and it's wrong and it's false and there's nothing legitimate about it, that performance review on its own could result in a constructive dismissal. So potentially by, by your employer giving you something that's just so off base that they clearly are, are not doing that for in good faith, you could treat your employment as being terminated just with that. So I want you to keep those things in mind. And if you're getting that negative bogus performance review, if you don't agree with it, if it's in bad faith, you may want to call me. But at a minimum, at a minimum, I want you to, on the record, in writing, tell your employer why you don't agree with it. Next one down the list of things your employment is not allowed to do, your employer is not allowed to take away your seniority by making you an independent contractor. So I see this happen often. And you work for a company, you know, you worked there for a bunch of time, a few years, however long, and your employer says, well, we are going to make some changes and we want to turn you into an independent contractor. So today is Friday. You quit today. Monday, you come back as an independent contractor. Well, wait a second. That doesn't actually do anything. That's not a legal situation. And what an employer is trying to do there is to get rid of your seniority. So down the road, if they let you go, they don't have to pay you severance. Well, no. If you're an employee on a Friday, you don't stop being an employee on the Monday uh, just because they change your status, they change your title, or just because of how they pay you. None of that ultimately matters. If you look like an employee and you act like an employee, then you are an employee. At most, you've been misclassified. So you don't just stop being an employee if you're already working. It's, it's, it never happens. An employer may do that often because they want to save money on taxes and it's easier to administer and they don't have to worry about vacation pay and overtime pay, but it doesn't work that way. If you're an employee, you stay an employee and an employer that says otherwise is just misclassifying you. So if you're let go, you remember that you've been an employee all along and you're owed severance. It's very common, by the way, for someone to be misclassified, John. And you've mentioned before the pocket employment lawyer tool that we have. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can find it at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Well, one of the features there is the tool that allows you to find out if you're an employee or an independent contractor. So you go there and you answer a few questions and it's going to tell you, yes, you're an employee or no, you're not. And at least, you know, of course, you can always call me and I can tell you. But you don't just stop being an employee because your employer wants to save a bunch of money. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, we often bring up along this this topic of, of the independent contractor, you know, and I always throw you this question saying, yeah, you know, it's uh, Leroy, I get that, but I've been doing that some time for my boss. We both have uh, an agreement that I'm a contractor regardless of what you just said. It's smooth sailing so far, pal. So why, uh, what's the problem? Well, you know, it's a, it's like saying, you know, I've been I've been stealing from uh, my <laughs> local McDonald's, you know, every day, and everything's been fine. No one's caught me, so what's the problem? Well, right. it, it's a problem because it's illegal, and at some point, you're going to get caught. So here's how this works with independent contractors. Well, number one is the fact that if you're an independent contractor, you may not be getting, in fact, you're not getting 
the vacation pay you should be getting, the overtime you should be getting, the statutory holiday pay. So right off the bat, you're giving up rights that you have, and your employer may think they don't have to pay you severance if they let you go, or in fact, it could be owed as much as two years' pay. Do you really want to give up two years' pay, potentially? That's silly. But beyond that, what about CRA? What happens if you're ever audited? Or frankly, if the company is ever audited? CRA is going to look at this and say, well, wait a second. This person you've been saying is a contractor is really an employee. They look like an employee. They act like an employee. They are an employee. So there's going to be fines. There's going to be penalties. There's going to, there's going to be back taxes. So, you know, how how, bra- how brave are you and, and how lucky do you think you are that you're not going to get audited? I don't know what the chances of getting audited. But if it happens, uh, you know what can hit the fan. So be very careful. Again, a couple more of these as we uh, dwindle down in time. Know your boss and your employer is not allowed to let you uh, go without severance just because you did something wrong or got a vaccine or didn't get the vaccine. How about that? So, yeah, just because you did something wrong or just because you got the vaccine or didn't, that doesn't mean that you can be let go for cause. Okay, Now, you can't be let go. Okay, but doing something wrong, doing something your employer uh, doesn't approve of doesn't mean that your employer can let you go with uh, cause. And of course, the difference between a with cause termination and a without cause termination is severance. With a with cause termination, your employer can't or doesn't pay you severance. So it's easy to think, well, I did something wrong. I made a mistake. I, I didn't do something I was supposed to. Clearly, the employer must have cause to let me go. They don't have to pay me severance. No, no, no. The only time your employer can avoid paying you severance is if you've done something so bad that it's just not possible to continue employing you. You've done something terrible, not just something wrong. You know, you were late, you, you made a mistake on a project. No, you can't be let go for cause in that situation. Your employer still has to pay you your full severance. Same with your vaccine status. If you're let go because of your vaccine status, it's still something that entitles you to severance in that situation. So. Anytime your employer says that they have the right to avoid paying you severance, be very, very suspicious. Chances are they don't have a right and they still have to pay you your absolute full severance. And this last one, last minute to go, you'll squeeze it in and ignore your complaints about harassment by a coworker. Massive no-no. No, absolutely not. An employer bylaw is required to take harassment seriously, to investigate, and to take measures to rectify it. An employer that ignores your harassment is guilty of several violations under your employment standards, occupational safety, potentially under human rights. It's illegal. So if you have a human rights, sorry, if you have a harassment issue, being mistreated, harassed, tell your employer, give them the opportunity to fix it. They have to by law take it seriously. If you've tried and they don't do that, let me take a crack at them, but your employer can't just ignore you. All right, done for another show. Appreciate your uh, contributions on the phone and otherwise you can reach out now that we're done. As always, 1-855-821-5900 to call Lior and the team anytime. It's a toll-free number for sure. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca and we'll talk about it one more time because it's a great website. Again, free and anonymous. You can use it pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and take advantage of the severance pay calculator while you're there. We'll catch you next time in the Employment Law Show. Have a great week.